Yesterday, President Trump addressed a large gathering of the Boy Scouts of America, sharing his nationalist-leaning message. You know, I'm always hesitant to make any kind of comparisons to Nazis, but a flashy cult of personality, celebrity voice, riling up throngs of people, all wearing brown shirts... Well, it didn't resemble a UPS convention. The Trump because you laughed, that threw me off. The Trump report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everyone. I'm Christian Blad at Christian DMZ, and I'm going to fire everybody if it doesn't stop all the leaks that go on in here. Welcome to the Trump report. At Trump Report ABTV, and yes, indeed, we are starting with the Spice Girls. I thought this was a mistake. I did too. <laughs> Why would anyone think this was a mistake? <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia, Hi. and Scott Moore at S Man Eighty. Hi. Now, what would be a more fitting musical way to send off our pal Spicy? Oh. Than the Spice Girls. Oh. And here I thought it now was I'm too with on you. the nose. In no. fact. The Spice Girls as a selection was a little too highbrow. But, so... <laughs> I thought it was leftover from I the show too. before us. I did, too. That was like the whole was, music that you were waiting for for the next group look, to come it's in. it's the whole music until we can get to that actual topic. Because when, you know, when I pick these titles and I start thinking it's clever to have chosen a song, that was the big story before the weekend. I have a great idea. I hope someone from SNL is watching. Melissa, they usually do, yeah. Yeah. They Melissa, do, of course. Spicy. Doing the Spice Girls. Do you want Melissa as spicy or Melissa and the real spicy? Uh, as spicy with the real spicy. Yeah, that's Make great. Make an appearance. They I think could so. be spicy spice. Yes. Do it for the uh, the opening one in September. Well, let us know what you think in the mm-hmm. chat. Uh, Jimbo, if you could uh, show us the chat when you have a moment, that would be grand. Uh, I guess the big story must be um, there's some kind of vote today. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was mostly checked out. No skinny vote. <laughs> the, the skinny vote. Uh, so uh, let, let's get right to the the healthcare vote, and uh, it's a it was a scene that was as dramatic as victory as time expired in an NFL preseason game. Everybody's very excited at what they accomplished. Uh, the Senate Republicans did indeed vote to advance to to the floor debate on their efforts to repeal and replace Obamacare. So they passed the right to talk about it mm-hmm. and see what happens and maybe something else will happen. But even that procedural vote had to have the tiebreaker mm-hmm. vote cast by Mike Pence. And oh, I have tremendous respect for John McCain in his career, uh, probably through yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but it's like you're almost, you know, his health, it seemed like it was a pretty serious concern. Mm-hmm. And if it's not great, good for him. That's what we want. But you didn't have to fly in. I think they probably could have figured it out. Because uh, all we ended up with, and you know, when we talked about this last week and the week before, and probably the week before that, there were all these people that were defecting. Uh, but it ended up just being Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. And that basically, they were the only holdouts because Mitch McConnell and President Trump basically dared the Republicans to block this seven-year campaign, this promise to repeal and replace Obamacare. So... That's sort of the uh, the Reader's Digest version of what happened. And I was going to say, if people don't know what that is, uh, it was the Cliff Notes version. I'm like, well, that's an old <laughs> reference, too. I don't know. I, don't, I guess it's the Wikipedia of what happened. Um, I would like to start uh, with Chelsea. Uh, your thoughts on the procedural vote? And uh, are you able to 
Do you take it seriously? Are you upset by it, or is it a little bit more of a mild annoyance? Well, it, at first glance, it feels scary. Oh, they the Republicans have agreed on something enough to pass something. So that's like, oh, shiznap, mm-hmm. maybe they're going to do something. And then you realize that it's just to vote to debate it. And I still think that the fraction within the party of the you know moderates who are afraid to throw people off of Medicare is going to clash up against the really conservatives who want to just do away with the whole thing. The biggest problem that, and I can't take credit for this, my um, my love noted this, that uh, the, the, the scary part about this is actually the name that they gave this approach, the skinny repeal, mm-hmm. because that sounds appealing. Uh, I guess people like skinny, and skinny doesn't sound dangerous or ominous. It sounds like, you know, just taking back a little bit of the parts that are bad. But when you look at the parts that they want to take out, the individual mandate, which will you know, cause insurance companies to run out of the market because the only people that will want to stay in the market are people that need coverage and young, healthy people will run for the hills, driving up costs and all that. That, that just little skinny repeal is going to do a whole lot of fat damage. So... Um, it's like less concerning on because it's just about a debate, but then this skinny repeal has a good marketing campaign right. built into it. So that's a little concerning. So it being the skinny repeal, is it named that because of the fact that the only people who will basically live are people who are skinny because everybody else will lose their health care? Do you think that that's a case? Or basically, but not am me. Am I reading too much into not it? Not me. I think I will lose my, well, I don't know. My mom might not let me lose it. But, you know, I'm in the individual market and premiums would are you, go up. Is it Cover California? I know we've talked about this before. Or do no. you have a, you, you just I don't, go up. I don't qualify for subsidies, so I'm just on my own. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so. Uh, and so I now pay $300 a month. Mm-hmm. When I first got my own plan, it was like 90 bucks a month. And then as I. When was that, that you only paid $90 a month? When I was I, 26, 27. So oh, so just like, like a year or two ago. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, like, no, just like I, last week. Seven, yeah. seven eight years <laughs> yeah. ago when I first went out on my own. Um, and yeah, so the price has gone steadily up. And I think if they pass the skinny repeal, the individual uh, market prices will go up i think i saw 20 or 30 percent all right and 20 or 30 percent of 300 dollars is um a number that i don't have in my head <laughs> um but uh by the way uh storage yard resident in the chat thank you for always being there immediately <laughs> wanted to point out that hitler got rid of the brown shirts in 1934 oh, don't, don't be so quick with the with the hitler trivia right. but uh we it, it's a joke we love storage yard resident yeah and uh thank you for being there they're just jokes, the beginning part. That's all we have to worry about. Yeah, exactly. Add some rim shots to uh, to a Hitler speech and, uh, you know, just to see. It. Maybe it downplays it a little bit. But, Scott, I ultimately, it seems like every week I ask you some variation of this. Ultimately, do you expect it's possible that there could be a repeal of Obamacare? Well, I think we're closer than we were last week. Right. Each only, week we get a little bit closer. Only, and I will give that to Mitch McConnell. He is a tenacious little son of a... Uh, yes, because he does it and he will go for it no matter what and he will not give up. Uh, I think Trump is a terrible 
negotiator, so I think it really has nothing to do with him and threatening people, which, by the way, when he blatantly lied, which we'll get into later, about, you know, how he helped all these senators to the finish line. It's really the other way around. A lot of those senators ran way ahead of him in their states. Um, so he really has no factor at all in this. I would say Mitch McConnell is just tenacious and will keep going. The good news is, though, is that they've got a lot of different versions to go through. The first one tonight failed, 43 to 57, because that one needed 60 votes, so it came nowhere near there. Right. And I think some of those votes that have the 60-vote threshold, you'll see a lot more Republicans uh, defecting from that because they're not losing out on anything because they know it's never going to pass. Because now, you know, you need Democratic support and you're not going to get it. So a lot of those people could fall off and they don't have to worry about it. The ones that are going to be more concerning are the ones that are going to happen tomorrow that only require the bare minimum 50, you know, plus one to be able to get through the finish line. And that's the one that will be more difficult, but the best chance Republicans have to be able to repeal. Um, right. So what, de- on what Democrats need are anything where the vote is, let's just say, Pence proof. You know, yeah. as in today he was able yeah, to cast was 60 the vo- vote. Yeah. So anything that's 60 votes, which is anything that doesn't have to do, you know, they're also doing the sneaky thing where they're going around from the exact law and they're dealing with uh, budget stuff. And budget stuff you can get away with with just doing with the bare majority. With anything that's going to be a foolproof law and repealing uh, certain of those certain amendments is going to have to be done with 60 votes, and you won't be able to do that without Democratic support. So you'll see a lot of those Republicans won't feel the pressure, so they'll be able to say, no, we're not voting for that. But the point is it's going to get higher as we move along the next few days. So we're at 43 right now, yes, 57 no for the first vote tonight. And tomorrow we'll see what will happen and who's going to fall off and who's going to be on it. I was surprised that McCain... Uh, flew back. Um, and like I've said, too, if these Republicans are so set on their plan, then they should be on it themselves. And the fact is that they've exempted themselves from this plan. And not to say anything against John McCain, because I still think he you know, went through so much and he's is a, a, a great person, but to come in and, and basically vote no, knowing that he has taxpayer uh, subsidized health care, taxpayer money that flew him to D.C. for the vote, and he's going to come and basically say no and and essentially strip people that have similar diseases uh, that he has that are not going to be able to get that same treatment, but yet he's going to have that. And that's the problem. Scott might know this because he knows everything about political (laughs) history, but don't ask me why, but I was looking at the contract with America, the thing that... New Gingrich's... 94, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. One of the tenets in there was that the laws that apply to the people will apply Mm -hmm. to... Congress. Right. Well, that's probably why the contract with America was not <laughs> officially ever signed, basically. Like, I mean, I know I know they got right. it. Right. Yeah. But uh, where is it now? Is but that's the biggest problem I have with that is if Republicans are so forceful on repealing this, but yet they're going to be on a separate plan, it doesn't it doesn't look good. So you're going to go back to your constituents and say you're going to lose out on the Medicaid expansion. You're going to lose out potentially on good health insurance, but we'll go ahead and have our own that you guys will be paying for, by the way, as taxpayers. I don't know how they square that, but they don't really care, obviously, because they wouldn't be doing this if they did. Um, It's all about the repeal to say to their their extreme small base that they finally did this after seven years. Now, a few people that voted for this, you know, this motion to actually debate it, uh, Rand Paul, Dean Heller, Rob Portman, Shelley Moore Capito, they voted for this, but I think it's a bit of a stretch to imagine all four of them, mm-hmm. if any of the four of them, actually voting for a repeal. I mean, Rand mm-hmm. Paul has said he'll vote for a repeal, 
but only with the guarantee that it will never be replaced. Mm-hmm. Like he just wants it gone. Right. He just wants you know repeal. Right. But you better not replace if and that, you want my vote. And that goes back to what Chelsea was saying. Uh, basically, you have too many factions still within the yeah. party. You've got the people he like the Rand He seems to be Pauls. the only one that's really out on that ledge, though. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like even Mike Lee's there. You know, he's a guy that that could have been, but but you have those type of people and the Ted Cruz's yeah. and those people, and then you have the other side where you have Rob Portman, and you have Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and even Dean Heller, which I still think is going to be a struggle for him. He's just more concerned someone's going to primary him next year in Nevada, and he's going to be booted out before he can even run in the general. Yeah. That's what he's worried about more than anything else. Well, as I was uh, researching this, I thought that uh, what happens next is best summarized by these comments. This is a quote. Here we are seven months into this year, and yet they've not passed this bill. Now they're never, they're not going to repeal and replace Obamacare. It's been around too long, and the American people have gotten accustomed to it, Governors have gotten accustomed to this Medicaid expansion, and so trying to pull it back is really not going to work. So what firebrand of the left, which crazy progressive fiery liberal made these comments? Why, of course, John Boehner. Even he doesn't <laughs> think that it's going to pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, that, that's what, that basically is how I reacted. I was like, oh. But, you know, President Trump gets to claim a victory. He said uh, earlier today, this is probably a tweet. I'm very happy to announce that with zero of the Democrats' votes, the motion to proceed on health care has moved past. And now we move forward toward truly great health care <laughs> for the American people. We look forward to that. This was a big step. Yeah, he but yesterday said he said that's, that it was because of the Democrats. They're obstructing that they couldn't get it passed, and he was trying right. to blame. So it's very convenient. Yeah, and you know he's more about kind of getting onto the next rally. You yeah. know, so it's it's just like great. This is something that I can get applauded for. Uh, Trump said, also, I want to thank Senator John McCain, a very brave man. He made a tough trip to get here, and believe it or not, it was only a scant fifty-three weeks ago. Donald Trump said of John McCain, mm-hmm. he's not a war hero. <laughs> He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people who weren't captured. Uh, I don't know. That alone would have made me kind of stay there. But that's just, you know, look, despite what he did in his life as a soldier, he's really a lifelong politician, John McCain. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's been so long, well past any of our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And clearly the party was like, you got to get back for this. We get it. You know, you're in the hospital, but uh, we've got hospitals here. So i will be interested to see. What uh, people in the chat think, um, uh, but uh, Rand Paul is trash. Yeah, our yeah. Scott Brown, not Senator Scott Brown, uh, <laughs> equated healthcare as a right with enslaving doctors. Patients could demand service, thereby making them slaves. And Rand Paul, uh, as his father, is a doctor. He's he's an eye doctor, but yeah. that's by the way, that's still a doctor. Yeah. And uh, you would think that he would have uh, some. Wait, patients could demand service. I don't, uh, I don't quite know what that means. Equated healthcare as a right with enslaving doctors. So if we all have a right to healthcare, it means that we have... We've enslaved a, the doctors, yeah. and they okay. have to uh, provide services and can't possibly uh, make any profit. So, so uh, we should feel bad for the doctors. So I can demand Dr. doctors, says. like, give me, like, a... <laughs> I was thinking of all sorts of crazy things yeah. that I want, like leg extensions or something like that to make me taller. Wow. Um, all right. Actually, no, I, I this is really was kind of a embarrassing story, but I was... Well, now I really want to hear <laughs> it. I, was, uh, I, I really did have to get a deviated septum fixed when I was in high school. Really? Yes. I, it caused me not to be able to breathe well in gymnastics. It was not good. And so I was going into to the surgery to get it fixed, and while I was under whatever makes you loopy, whatever whiskey, 
Exactly. Um, I, I don't know if it was my dad or somebody in the room was like, okay, she's ready to have the leg implants. And I thought for a second I was really there. You were there to get the leg extensions. Oh, man. Well, of course. I was really you're... excited. How disappointed were you when you came too? And you're like, no. <sighs> oh, well. Uh, well, uh, so, so, exactly. Hey, there's still so, hope. So, I'm Trump so, care. <laughs> so the argument is that I would then just get to tell the doctor what to do. Give me my leg extensions and, and you'll pay for yes. it out of your own pocket, Dr. <laughs> Paul. Why? I, I'm, I don't I'm, understand that. I would really like to understand. Uh, Bernice Panders, on... not pandering to the chat room. Yeah, that's thank funny. you. Asks, <laughs> that's funny, thanks. Ask, do, ask doctors in Sweden, France, Canada if they're slaves. Uh, no, they just, uh, yeah, because they don't perform some procedures because, uh, you know, their nationalized health care uh, creates problems. So people fly to the United States for certain procedures. At least I know that's the case in Canada. And any case, um, let's move on to uh, something I didn't think I would ever say. And actually, well, uh, not that. Wait, but, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Right now, if you talk to most employees of any business, mm-hmm. they feel like they're slaves, getting barely enough of a wage to get by. You know, increasingly difficult uh, working circumstances. I think most people in general in the United States who are employees feel like they're slaves of big corporations or whoever it is that they work for. And, and healthcare being under an employee, an employer is not really the right way to handle uh, health insurance right. to begin with. It should have never happened that way. Because if you can't afford it, you're stuck Right, and you have to be working at a job and that now a, an employer is supposed to cover health insurance is kind of a very weird way of looking at how it, we it, take care of our this people. This has been something that has come up for, you know, why it's ridiculous to attach mm-hmm. health care to a job is because what if somebody wants to go get try another job, but they've got a child that's got mm-hmm. a medical condition and they can't wait the three, six months it takes for the new employer to put you or, on their plan. Well, or they're working a different job or in that interim they're now paying for it out of pocket, which is now way more money than they would under the subsidized plan of a large employer. Lots of issues, and of course, there's lots of issues with socialized medication. It's like, how can we come together to kind of blend the two to get the best of both worlds to where we still have choice, but we don't have to go broke and we don't have to go bankrupt to be able to take care of ourselves and that we're free to know that we can can do that uh, and, and pursue what we want to pursue. Wonder well, uh, Chelsea's scenario, it sounds like the actual slave would be the employee who's a slave to the healthcare because you don't, you can't, you can't move the job. Uh, anyway, I did want to move on. Uh, something that I never thought I would say uh, out loud or on the Trump report. Poor Jeff Sessions. I know, right? I agree. <laughs> Earlier today, <laughs> I actually I do in a way but, because of the way he was thrown under by some. Well, we'll get yeah, to well, we'll get, no let's get to it. That the daggers were going to be turned no. to him eventually. Come I, I don't. Now. I don't think he's used to no. this kind of behavior in the Keebler Elf tree no. that he crawled out of <laughs> in the treehouse. Uh, they take yeah. care, better Earlier care of Earlier today, uh, President Trump said, "Quote: Time will tell whether Jeff Sessions will remain as Attorney General." He specifically said, "I'm very disappointed with the Attorney General." But we will see what happens. And this was in a uh, Rose Garden news conference alongside Lebanese Prime Minister Saad Hariri, maybe. Uh, time will tell, time will tell. That seems like the place to make these sort of comments when you're having a joint press conference with the Prime Minister of Lebanon. Uh, this morning, he tweeted, not the Prime Minister of Lebanon, but President Trump, Attorney General Jeff Sessions has taken a very... That's all caps. Weak position on Hillary Clinton crimes, where are emails and DNC server and intel leak... How does he still care about this? 
Like, I, I don't think anybody gave a shit about this anymore. Right. Like, I knew it was important to some people, and, you know, they, they clouded whether or not they, you know, I don't do want to say clouded as like an editorial comment. Because no, he doesn't want to well, talk about the Russian well, recusal? Uh, well, I don't know if it, it's it, just that. But I think that's a reason. And yes. yes, that's like let's bring that back up because to project, that worked to get bounce off because, of his own issues. Yeah, so he's just like let's talk about this stuff mm-hmm. again. And, you know, this is really what session should be focusing on. Uh, he, President Trump, referenced a Politico report, which is interesting that he referenced something that Politico wrote, and uh, uh, another post that the Ukraine sought to sabotage his campaign, and he, this is of course his presidential campaign, and to boost Hillary Clinton. I almost said President Clinton. Sorry. Drexel would cry if he heard that. <laughs> so where is the investigation, AG? I assume he means Attorney General. Uh, and, uh, oh, there, there was more. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal earlier today, President Trump refused to say whether he was planning to fire Sessions. And he said uh, he suspected that Sessions only endorsed him because... Trump started getting massive crowds. I'm looking at it, he said, and he thought that Sessions' early support was, quote, not like a great loyal thing. So we're watching a man break up. Yeah, and we're watching a delusional person that's uh, supposedly supposed to be president of the United States. It's absolutely asinine and embarrassing. I think Sessions can somehow turn on Trump and take him down. He could, yeah. but I, I don't think he has it in him. You know what I mean? I think he's uh, he's just a little too meek for that. And I, I think don't know. I think I don't he's know. very he's, like, oh, my stars and gardens about this. <laughs> His entire career is going to culminate in being fired from the AG. After only six months? Well, here's the thing. I think that... I don't think he's going to go down like that. I Trump, think we're going to see elves resist. <laughs> the keeper, elves <laughs> the elf uprising? And force. Yeah. And, no. Well, just just like we'll eventually see at the North Pole, yes, the elves might one day uprise. But the point that I was thinking of was that Trump doesn't – Trump somehow feels that he can't fire him. I think the advisors that mm-hmm. he actually listens to, Jared Kushner, uh, <laughs> were just like, you can't. That's well, going to be too bad. what happened with Jim Comey, yeah. he thought that so this was a smart he's move. He's probably like, well, I'm just going to bully him into mm-hmm. resigning. You know, I worked on The Apprentice. You know, I got George Takei out this way. So maybe yeah. – actually, I don't think he was Did you hear him threaten that he was going to fire Tom Price? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get, to that. we'll get to that when and we talk about And you hear about, about Rex the, Tillerson basically yeah. saying he's taking a leave of vacation after only six yeah, months but, as and, well. Yeah, and, and that's – that's a that's a weird one too, the Rex Tillerson one, because they're not just saying yeah he's going on vacation. He's gonna he's take gonna leave. take a leave, and it's like, well then who's gonna do his you job? You haven't even filled half of those yeah. ambassadorships yet, and a lot of other people in the State Department. You already had issues there. This is all disaster waiting to happen. It's embarrassing. I think I, I wonder because I've heard the the other sneaky plan is is what they're hoping is if they can ram uh, health care through, then the senators take a recess, then Jeff, Jeff Sessions can be fired, and Trump can appoint a new attorney general without Senate approval during that recess period, which is why McConnell never went on break during, uh, you know, uh, Obama's presidency because he didn't want him to make recess appointments, which was a standard practice with presidents, by the way, to do this because they'd be gone a day or two. Now it's turned into another politicized weapon. So the thing is they could get a new attorney general in there that wouldn't have to be uh, up to uh, Senate approval till like 2019. So that's a long time from now. So you could do a lot of damage. And if his whole plan is, which we keep hearing the rumors he wants to fire Mueller, again, that would be disastrous. But I th- I just wonder how 
far Trump is trying to push it. I think he's just trying to push as far as he can and get away with whatever he can. And then pardon himself. And then, Exactly. But, like, how far would he go to when Republicans would finally say enough is enough? How far are they going to let this man do this kind of stuff and get away with it? Because at some point, I feel like if you're firing your AG, doing a recess appointment for a new one under the auspices of potentially firing the special prosecutor that's looking into your your issues with the Russia connection, how when are Republicans going to say enough is enough? And I, let him continue with this crazy behavior because yeah. he is crazy. This behavior is is not appropriate. Do you at think this any point. Republicans will jump to become a Democrat? I well, you know, like sort of like the um uh Specter did back in two thousand six in Pennsylvania and everything, but I, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. And, you know, you think about level headed people like the Susan Collins that's in a purple state that really leans blue, which she finally be like, you know, I'm gonna be Democrat because you know Olympia Snow left uh the other fellow Republican senator in Maine because she had enough. Uh, I just I but I wonder what is going to be that breaking point for Republicans to say this is unacceptable. He is yeah. not able to do this anymore. What I, is it going to take? I think when it when the basically the Senate GOP feels like his behavior gets in the way of them doing what they're right. trying to do. And that hasn't happened yet. No. You know, it, it's sort of like it's an annoying buzz in the background while you're trying to mow the lawn, but you can still get it done or, you know, get it done well enough where it's like, yeah, you know, most of the grass is gone. It's fine. So I, I don't think we've seen that point. I mean, clearly we haven't. Because you no. only have a few Republicans that have broken ranks at any point and really gone out, you it's, know, against. It's, it's just Trump. scary. I mean, to see the turnover in this administration already, to see what's going on, and then to be able to know that he threatens people and, you know, discusses about pardoning himself, and he discusses about you know firing Mueller and and leaving his uh, attorney general just flopping out there in the breeze like that is horrible. I mean, it's terrible. It, it really I got is a really bad his, visual. <laughs> his, his most loyal ardent supporter and the AG that's doing basically what he wants with this nationalistic, you but know, the one cracking thing that he down did, on drugs, illegal immigrants, and now because of that, because, because of the he recused himself on Russia, and I get yeah, I and mean, then and he thinks he and it makes him somehow look better. I mean, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand how people can continuously back up this this person. Continually back up Trump. And, because they've and, gone too far down and they're really embarrassed to admit that they have been deceived? I don't know. It's 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 mind-boggling to me. I, I just don't understand how they can let someone get away with stuff like that. And he's not even doing a great job. Well, talking about turnover within the administration, uh, it was indeed the theme for this episode. Uh, the title, at least. This was not surprising, but it was hugely disappointing for comedians and lovers mm -hmm. of comedy. Sean Spicer resigned last week, and he resigned Friday after telling President Trump that he vehemently disagreed with his appointment of Anthony Scaramucci, which is fun <laughs> to say, uh, a New York financier who will be his new communications director. Uh, Sean Spicer believed that Scaramucci's hiring would add to the confusion and uncertainty already engulfing the White House. So he did not want to stay on. So now Sarah Huckabee Sanders is press secretary. Um, I'm not surprised that Spicer resigned. I'm surprised that this is why he did it mm -hmm. and that he did it now. Maybe it was, I don't know, uh, Chelsea, do you think well, it was just his excuse? Because his boss was batshit crazy was mm -hmm. not an appropriate reason uh, to right. quit. So he had to... <laughs> no, but, and the contempt he had for the long. media and the uh, just the poor job performance. Do you think he's going to go to Fox? Yes, I know. I'm like waiting for the countdown and, and the um, book. When is the book going to be? It know, depends. The book deal. You know, I mean, <laughs> if 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 Fox is interested in him, sure. 
but you know maybe Alex Jones would like to have him on his network you know I mean I think Fox was a lot more critical of Sean Spicer and I think uh, he'd be a great fit over at InfoWars so you know but I'm pretty sure he's probably not going to do anything for a little while you know but uh, he's going to have to get reacquainted with reality <laughs> well I don't know he's, he's been in Washington a long time he has been regardless not... of his politics yeah, it, you know I think if you spend that much time there it's kind of impossible right uh, Scott, when when you heard that he resigned and then found out why, were you surprised again at the reason? Not so much that no, he I was surprised to at the reason. It, it, it was sort of a long time coming. I still am waiting for when Kellyanne Conway is going to go over the edge there. But she's been tweeting a lot again lately. She was sort of not doing that for a while, and so I've had to get back to trolling her again. Uh, so I wonder when she'll Somebody's be out. Somebody's got to do it exactly. I wonder when she'll be she'll be out because we kept saying it would happen. I think it was weird. It felt like a weird excuse to finally get him out. Uh, it just—he it was, was just odd. sort of waiting for the right well, moment. It was just an odd reason. He well, he just had to name any reason because the reality is he was about to be fired, and so his resignation was just a way to save face. Right, yeah, that's what I'm old... saying. But it was a weird way to, like you said, yeah. it was sort of a weird reason of all the litany of reasons he could have given. That was an odd one. Uh, our Scott Brown in the chat can't wait for Spicer's tell-all book. Yeah. He's going to write it in a new font. His, uh, which resembles his briefing style, stammering non sequitur. <laughs> Sorry, the chat moved right in the middle yeah. of me reading it, and I kind of felt like it was going to happen. Uh, Portable Player says Alex Jones won't be able to afford Sean Spicer. You should take a look and see how much uh, money uh, Alex Jones brings in. And I was also going to say, Sean Spicer what? would not make much money when oh, you're working yeah. in government. Y- yeah, that's true. What, yeah. 174000 yeah. a year. And, and Fox also does not pay very well. So you see, it's all about who's got money. So it'll be interesting to see, though. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think we're going to see... Uh, spicy for a little while. So uh, now we've got uh, Scaramucci here in our lives. And uh, of course, every time that I hear his name, I think about Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I do too. I always sing in the back of my I, head. I, yeah. Like, so I'm sure we'll have an or, excuse to use that as a title. Or uh, he's like a Bond villain, like and, Scaramanga. Yeah, he's like we, the new Bond villain. We will find out <laughs> if he can indeed do the Fandango. Uh, so the New York Times described Scaramucci, because I'm going to admit I didn't know that much about him. And by not much, I mean nothing. Uh, they described him as a smooth-talking, Long Island bred former hedge fund manager who is currently the senior vice president and chief strategy officer at the Export Import Bank, which he joined just last month. It looks like the the, the swamp has taken over the communications. Right. Well, uh, the, the New York yeah. Times also said that his report with the president establishes a new power center in a building already bristling with rivalry. And I put that down because I loved the <laughs> turn of phrase bristling with rivalry. <laughs> yeah, I guess they got some good writers over there at that newspaper. I know that that, that rag. I understand. Oh, yeah, fake. Uh, it's, it's all. Yeah, this is all fake news. None of this is true. Um, and uh, the so this is something I referenced at the top of the show. He, uh, I think it was today. He said he was going to fire everybody if yeah. he, if he needs to to stop the White House links. Uh, also, the White House leaks. Uh, <laughs> Assistant Press Secretary Michael Short did a Sean Spicer, uh, and he resigned before he could be fired. Uh, so, I guess he's here to stop the leaks, and everything that I read seemed to give the idea that, at least to Trump, or maybe just to Scaramucci, that the leaks are people who are more loyal to Reince Priebus mm-hmm. than they are to Trump. Um, I, I, I guess, if that's what they think, but... Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. What do you think about this decision, about having Scaramucci <laughs> basically well, 
they've said, you know, I've also heard the rumors that basically this is a stepping stone for him to take Priebus's job as well, and this is a, an easy way to kind of get him in the door. Um, he's an interesting character because he's not full-on conservative. He's more like what you would have thought Trump would be out in the real right. world. He's donated a lot to Republicans and Democrats alike, uh, including uh, President Obama in the right. 2008 well, campaign. Let me uh, pause that for a second and point out there are some old tweets of his that have come to light yes, saying too. Republicans should support gay marriage and gay mm-hmm. rights. He essentially endorsed Hillary Clinton saying how uh, she should run. He said Jeff Sessions is a stand-up guy, but the most egregious thing he tweeted, this was pointed out by the website Uproxx, I am not taking credit for this, but he did tweet about how amazing the Entourage movie was. So I don't know about any of that stuff, but I hear oh, that, man. and I'm pretty sure we can't trust it. No, anyway, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and, but and, to your and, point. And to Hillary Clinton's 2006 uh, New York re-election campaign, right. which uh, also Trump did as well, which he claimed that was just doing business. Um, so, you know, he brings a different... He's not the ultra-conservative person that's coming in or a, a longtime GOP operative. But that said, he also is, like Trump, doesn't have a ton of, of government experience. This is not a job that he's had before. He doesn't come from communications shop background or anything. So it's an interesting choice. Uh, but I guess everything that Trump does is a little bit out of the ordinary. I just wonder, again, how long is he going to last? Um, they had a funny thing where they were doing the same, where he was doing the same uh, body language as Trump, and they did a whole split screen of that, and that was pretty funny to see that, you know, the same, like, gestures with the hands and the... Oh, yeah. It was pretty funny of, like, trying to kind of mimic your boss. Um, but I do wonder how long he's going to be around, and I don't think being able to find the leakers is going to solve anything because I think the it's... The leaks a, will keep a coming. They will. Yeah, there's a lot there, and uh, well, I mean, there's uh, a lot of entrenched uh, government leak. people that do not like... Trump at all. Well, there and are a lot of people a lot deeper than, that are than playing think. a much longer game than yes. Trump is because yes. they know that yeah. they would like to have a career exactly. beyond 2020 or yes. for a storage yard resident, be, you know, beyond 2024. I just, <laughs> you know, you just have to put it out there. Yeah, they're it's the, the same game. thinking. You got to play the long game, and yeah. you're like, you know, you don't want to be like, oh yeah, that guy was the was the real that guy or girl was a real lapdog to President Trump you know yeah. so it's like oh yeah he gave uh, really good uh, insight into what was going on um, I, I don't know uh, but uh, Shareable Texas has a point that I think uh, Chelsea might appreciate 12 Goldman Sachs members now in the cabinet mm. does that sound yeah. about accurate Chelsea I thought you were going to say did Chelsea get younger, younger. Yeah, that was the, that's the comment I thought you were going to say you know, I actually was reading the one that was on the issues, <laughs> but um, I think you did get You're younger like, yes. since last show because you weren't here last show. So you went somewhere for some kind of rejuvenation yes. therapy. Well, actually, that's not far from the truth because after this crazy DC week, came back and did a a, a couple of weeks late birthday spa getaway. Um, you know. Good for you. For my your 26th birthday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For my um, 26th awesome. birthday. Yes. <laughs> well, because uh, we sort of referenced it, let's talk a little bit about your time in D.C. We only have a mm-hmm. few minutes for it because I have a couple big issues I want to get to. But tell us ever so briefly just that you were there and give us as much information as you can about what you were doing. Yeah. Thanks for that because it's been this like, ah, uh, to say too much and not enough and to sound all you know shady and guarded. Um, I just can't speak on behalf of the group that I went Right, with. but you can and say so, they're concerned citizens. Does that sound yes, accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, went in February, no, when, when did we go? April, to see how we could help. Because one of the people in the group is a um, former Senate staffer. So um, 
we were able to have um, unbelievable meetings last time. We're able to help um, with a specific skill set that this group has. And then we've been doing follow-up and then going back for more meetings. We got another meeting uh, with um, Senator Sanders. And his wife, Jane, uh, we've talked about this, but you're essentially BFFs now, right? I mean, do you guys text Mm -hmm. at night, like just to, you know, just some (laughs) girl talk, like, hey, what's going on? And you know what? I'll try. You know, she is so nice (laughs) that if I did ask her some, like, random question, like, woman to woman, some things I can make, I'm 99% sure that she would answer with, like, the best advice that she could think of. I, I think that uh, I think it's a beautiful thing because yeah. you know you know what you and Jane have in common your love of Bernie. Uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, she really. I, I don't know if I've ever met somebody who actually loves people as much as she does. I think Bernie cares a lot about people, but Jane w- would talk to anybody and everybody, and she uh, just uh, unbelievable love and patience with people. But anyways, we did have a couple of other fun new meetings. Um, we, I think there was a picture in there of Adam Schiff, who is yes. my rep, mm-hmm. um, Kamala Harris's team, and uh, went back to our buddies at the DNC. And so you, you had all these meetings. Do you feel like you were able to uh, bring to light some issues that uh, maybe maybe weren't being talked about and make some impact for good? Yeah, I have been stunned the whole time that we've been doing this about how receptive the party is to ideas, thoughts, you know, asking, oh, sure, that kind of help sounds good. How can you help us? I mean, they, and at first I thought maybe it's just lip service. Right. But the follow through has proven otherwise. Um, And so it gives me some hope that this party can move in a healthier direction. And it would be great to be a part of that. But I'm sure there are lots of other groups that are throwing their I don't know, hat in their skills in to try and help revive the vitality of mm-hmm. this um, party. Uh, it could it could definitely use a, an injection of something. I, I don't know what it is. Um, probably fresh faces would probably yes. go a long way. Yeah. But what do I know? Um, I, I don't even know how to. But vote. what I, I always say to people, though, is. You know, a lot of people are like, well, they're so out in the wilderness right now. They don't have a coherent message. All I have to say is look back to the Republicans in 2009. And you had a supermajority of the Democrats in the Senate. You had, you know, the Democrats had a lot more and bigger, wider margins in 2009 than the Republicans do now. So it does happen. It's cyclical, but it's not the worst thing in the world. And I know that you see a lot of people say, oh, that's it for the Democrats. They're done forever. No, the Republicans have reached their peak. And yes, there's a lot of work that Democrats have to do to reach you know, those voters in especially a lot of those swing states, but also in a lot of those more red states. But you just have to look back to 2009. It wasn't that long ago. And the Republicans were sitting in an actually worse position, and they regrouped and came back in 10. And that's the same thing that Democrats have the opportunity to do uh, next year as well, and start that process of, of finding their way back. But they do have to get some younger faces, and they do have to get people with good messaging, and uh, it's definitely possible. So I'm excited that now we have a great opportunity for some New exciting we directions shall rise to go in from the ashes next year and then the twenty. There are a lot of ashes to <laughs> rise from. Uh, so uh, let's get back to uh, something that we referenced earlier, uh, which was uh, President Trump spoke at the Jamboree of the Boy Scouts of America, which is held every four years. There were about I think thirty five thousand scouts between the ages of twelve to eighteen. 
who uh, President Trump thanked for voting for him, which uh, is interesting. Um, you know, some of them could very well have. I'm just pointing out that they didn't vote for anyone because they were underage. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, and it's held in Beaver, West Virginia. I only mention it because it made me laugh. Uh, Monday, uh, President Trump, this was yesterday, he starts off by saying, who the hell wants to speak about politics? to the Boy Scouts of America. And he went on to rail against President Obama, Hillary Clinton, fake news, and the cesspool of politics. But the specific point we made earlier, Tom Price was there, and he said, Tom, are you going to get the votes? If not, you're fired. And it was a laugh line, but um, I don't know if Tom Price was <laughs> laughing because I don't know, it was really a joke. No. Um, Chelsea, uh, I, I don't imagine you sat and watched the speech to the Boy Scouts of America. But I heard clips. Yeah, as you've heard clips and read about it. Uh, what are your thoughts on President Trump speaking to the impressionable, impressionable youth of America? Um, oh, yeah. I actually forgot the fact that they were impressionable youth. I mean, I mean some of them are 12. Um, I, I think I'm... A little bit different than Scott in that I don't get embarrassed anymore because it doesn't. It, it I, I don't. Maybe I've lost my capacity mm-hmm. for embarrassment. I mean, maybe this is a good thing. I can now run naked in the streets and not care. Not terrible. <laughs> Texas, don't say it. All right. but, um, but there's not a lot that embarrasses me, I guess, anymore. Um, I, I, it's, it's almost laughable. I mean, I'm almost like, oh gosh, am I? becoming so jaded and <laughs> mm-hmm. deranged that I think that some of this is funny where he's like, you know who wasn't invited here or who didn't come here? Um, Obama and whatever. And, you know, he's the only one who's not actually um, not a member of the of the Boy Scouts. Right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, President Trump had never been a Boy mm-hmm. Scout, but President Obama had, which it's interesting because I didn't know they had the Boy Scouts in Kenya. It's just a joke. Um, They probably do, by the way. I I just, I like, I can't get that worked up about it. And, you know, those poor kids, I mean, from what I hear, you know, the Boy Scouts becoming more and more, you know, socially conservative, I think those kids were probably up against a lot to begin with. I mean, I hope that they're still you know, teaching these kids some, you know, valuable skills and building up their I mean, there are great esteem. values that you can get out of uh, out of being in the Scouts. Uh, my brother was a Boy Scout. I was out after Cub Scouts just because it didn't seem that fun to me. Um, also, I was really bad at tying knots, like really, really bad. <laughs> so, um, but, I mean, I've known people that have gone all the way to Eagle Scout. Uh, Rick Perry is... Think what you will about Rick Perry, yeah. but uh, you know he did become governor, and look at this—he's the head of the EPA now. So that is his job, right? It sounded so crazy <laughs> no, when he said it out it. loud. I'm like, no, he's energy. Right. Yeah, but EPA is all right. But I okay, yeah. it's still crazy. Yes, yeah. still crazy. Yeah, it sounded wrong, yeah. but not in the same way. But anyway, and I think that you know you can get some good things out of being in the Scouts, and uh, and right. the organization in and of itself. Did say that you know they always invite the the president. Every, president yeah, they yeah. always invite the sitting president, and he said yes. They didn't endorse him or his message, and they did uh, get some guidelines out to the scouts that there were some things from the campaign chants that would be inappropriate to say. Uh, lock her up, build the wall. Um, you know, because Grab her by the. I don't think that was on in the memo, but uh, that's a great point. Yeah. Grab her by the brownies, you know. I mean, whatever it is. Uh, but and the, reportedly, there there were some boos, there were some cheers. It was a mix, uh, and he there were some parents concerned were, about the news uh, reporting the proper crowd size, and it just can't even. 
Well, I mean, to him, you know, if you joke about it, then it kind of becomes true. Right. If you're just like, well, the media is just going to say there's 200 people here. In, in his delusional uh, state. Um, you know, I, I guess we should know what to expect from him now. Um, he's delusional. He can't let the election go because he can't deal with the fact that he lost by millions. And now his new tactic is to say, oh, well, it was uh, a lot harder to win the Electoral College than it is to win the popular vote. That's his new standard. Um, but again, it, 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 I'm, I'm saying it should be embarrassing for us as a country to have a president go to a nonpartisan event with children and turn it into a political rally and turn it into uh, a, an absolute embarrassment. Like he just has continuously set the standards so low. We're gonna go. We're gonna do something for... really embarrassing, like karaoke or something. <laughs> I love so karaoke. That, oh, <laughs> I would be embarrassed. By no, it. but I'm saying as far as a as a as a president at a nonpartisan event, he cannot seem to let the election go, and bring that kind of stuff up to. Well, it's the only thing he's accomplished. It's true, but it's it was it was what else is he gonna it talk was mortifying. About? He should have been ashamed. Of course, he has no feelings of shame. He clearly doesn't have any feelings of regret or apologies or anything else. But what I've started noticing these past couple of weeks is like he is really delusional, and it's like beyond to what it was before. I thought maybe you just he, noticed. Well, no, I thought there was a time period where maybe he's trying to get his his supporters as base to believe the stuff if he says enough well, times but a, now i'm starting to feel like he believes he's, he's well, I was gonna say he's that not is, mentally that's great point. stable that's but why he comes off as authentic even though he's lying the, because the, he really believes the, it. that's what i say the cardinal it, sin of a politician is to believe your own bullshit you yeah. have to know that it's bullshit to make it work but now i think he does really think that he had the biggest crowd ever on it's, inauguration day and you know so on and so forth but just he just you know talking about his predecessor uh negatively it's it's something that was never done before uh re- regardless of the republican or democrat there was always a certain re- level of respect I, I, he's, I, he's I ended think that to just to um, clarify yeah there was a certain level of respect and the way that you would criticize the person before you would be basically you know president obama sort of saying what he was saddled with in terms of right. an economy you know right. and there was a way to do that not like directly not george bush ruined everything right which during he never the campaign did. of course he said that but right as, but when as a president yeah. there's a certain level of respect that you have for your former presidents regardless of party and it was it's you know something that george w bush did when bill clinton had left and he took office you know and there's a period of time where you don't uh you know go on about your predecessor same thing with going on about the clinton hillary clinton thing it's ridiculous it's it's absurd it's it's projection but it's it's getting to the point now where it's like i said i don't know how much longer republicans are going to put up with his craziness it's until they want to sink the whole republican ship next year in 20 i mean that's maybe that's their goal i mean i keep thinking i'm like is he really in there to destroy the republican party like i do really start to question it. i'm like oh, what is his whole point is it like because he's so batch out there i just don't so, get it there's still a chance in your mind that he's some kind of manchurian candidate and <laughs> the idea is that at some point he's going to see the white queen and then <laughs> it's just uh, yeah well i'm still well, debating if he's going to be there for a full term i don't i still don't think that's going to happen but We'll full see. term is in four years or eight years. Oh, four full terms are by four years. You have to be elected every I know. four years. I, just, I only said that because I wanted to upset you. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left, so I do want to move on with about the uh, ongoing Jared Kushner Russia investigation. Um, Chelsea, as we hear about this, it seems like he's saying all the right things. Where you know there was a lot of excitement about these hearings, and I think that. You know, there were some questionable meetings and dealings and all that. It doesn't seem like anything's outside of the law, but maybe you hear this with a different set of ears than I do. Do you feel like there's any 
smoke where there's this fire or the reverse of that fire where there's this smoke around uh, Jared Kushner. Yeah, just go back to the beginning when this Russia talk first happened and everybody was denying that there was any communication of any kind. Now the story is, oh, oops, there was, but it just, you know, it wasn't about anything bad anything wrong i was just trying to get borscht recipes <laughs> so talking um, vodka so i mean he's confirmed that all the earlier denials were lies um in a very like inarticulate way i was surprised by how monotone he my name is jared <laughs> kushner and it's and like he was I reading a book report <laughs> the senior advisor to president <laughs> trump i do everything from solving middle east peace crisis to, I don't know, I lost yeah. my train of thought. But it just, um, uh, this is the first time that I've heard him speak, and I, it was a very uh, unimpressive presence. Um, I That's why he doesn't speak a lot, because I think that's a lot of the things people make fun of him. So, you know, he sounds he like seems a like he's boy. more of a behind-the-scenes guy, yeah. you know, and um, uh, he's kind of been thrust onto this. Uh, just because I don't want to run out of yeah. time. Scott, uh, what do you think about Well, it kind of reminded me of... Um, Bill Clinton's admission. That's all I could think about when I heard him go out and do that speech. It was like, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. That's all in the back of my mind I heard when I heard him make this comment. Um, and it de- depends on what your definition <laughs> of is is. <laughs> but it it just didn't ring true to me. We already know that he's had to revise a lot of his, his forms uh, as far as what he's been involved with in his business dealings. Um, like everyone else, there always seems to be more that comes up out of the surface here. So I... Don't believe it. And, you know, they had behind closed doors with the Senate hearing. It wasn't even out for the public. So if it was really that cut and dry and innocent, uh, you wouldn't have it behind closed doors so you could discuss things. I know there's some classified information, but realistically, they could have had um, an open session. And so you're already thinking, what other things are they hiding? And, of course, going back to Donald Trump not releasing the tax uh, forms, there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and we know Jared Kushner and his family has been involved with a lot of sketchy business practices over the years. So, no, not surprising at all. So that's why I go back to the Bill Clinton thing. It just sounds like an easy thing to say to people. But when you're under oath, it's a whole other story. And we'll It's true. I mean, you know, to the final point to Chelsea's comment about the previous lies, those weren't under oath. So right. now is when mm-hmm. you really have to be like, okay, but I'm not lying now because I'm taking it serious. Uh, anyway, we are out of time, tragically. Please let us know your thoughts about any and all the topics here. You can comment on the YouTube chat or at Trump Report ABTV. And if you're listening on iTunes, rate, comment, give us some stars. I think five is the most you can give, so try and give us six. Uh, we'll be back live next Tuesday. That'll be August 1st, 7 p.m. Pacific right here. We'll have a guest here in studio, uh, KNBC TV legal analyst Royal Oaks, a friend of mine from my radio days. It'll be nice to have him here. Uh, and be sure to follow Scott Moore at Man 80 Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. Happy second birthday to my son Felix tomorrow. Aww. And we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks, everyone. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 